Well, my name is Grant, and I serve on staff here at Crossroads Church in the media department, uh, making videos, and I also help lead our Crossroads Young Adults ministry. Shout out to Crossroads Young Adults. And uh, most importantly, I am married to that incredibly gorgeous and anointed and talented woman of God that you saw lead worship, Megan Robank. Come on. Honestly, that's the most impressive thing about me. So let's just get that out of the way. So I want to talk to you today out of Colossians chapter three, Colossians chapter three. You see, the church in Colossae is believed to be formed by a man who heard the teachings of Paul and then went back to his hometown and started a church based off of those teachings. And what happened was a few years later, word got back around to Paul that some of the things being taught at this church were not quite lining up with the teachings of Jesus. And so this letter that Paul is writing to the Colossians is a correction letter. It's a, it's a letter that is kind of steering them back in the right direction. So a lot of Colossians is talking about false teachers and being aware of those. And then in, in uh, chapter three, which is where we're going to read today, Paul shifts his focus to coming against the sinful nature in which the Colossians were living at the time. Because how many of you know that God doesn't just want to save us, he also wants to change us. He wants to make us right. He wants to make us more like him and show us a new way of life. And so that's what Paul does in chapter three. He's sort of challenging the Colossians on the way that they were living. And so we'll pick up in verse one. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after, after the image of its creator. So my dad is in the audience today. And uh, growing up, my dad would love to say things like this. You know, when I was your age. <laughs> or, or he'd say, you better be grateful because when we were younger, we had to, right? Anybody ever say this to their kids? It drove me crazy. I was like, sucks to suck, old man. Like, we're just better now. Like, we're more advanced in society. We don't have to do that anymore. I'll never forget every single year for our birthday when we'd be opening presents, he'd always say, you know what I got for my birthday? I got a cake. I'm like, and you're taking that out on me? Like, I'm eight years old. What am I going to do? Go back in time and kick your dad in the shins? Like, I can't do anything about it. But as much as that frustrated me, I know that one day I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> one day I'm going to be talking to my kids and I'm going to be saying those same exact things. And I believe one of those things that I'm going to be talking to my kids about that's just going to blow their minds is whenever I tell them that I grew up on a gravel road. Anybody grow up on a gravel road? Come on, somebody. It's going to blow their minds and be like, hey, kid, you know that smooth pavement that you enjoy every day? Well, yeah, that wasn't the way when I was a kid. We grew up on a gravel road. 
They're going to be like, what's gravel? <laughs> uh, it's these tiny rocks that we drove on. That's so stupid. Why did you drive on rocks? That's, that's horrible. But I believe that if you grew up on a gravel road, you understand what I'm saying when I say that the greatest day ever was when they paved the road. Come on, somebody. That was like Christmas in our house. When the day that they finally paved the road, man, we were so excited. We could finally keep our cars clean. We could finally skate on the road. We could finally fall and not like potentially die, you know, like. It was so exciting, man. The first day they paved the road. I'll never forget it. I'm running out my house. I run to the neighbor's house. I barge through the front door. Okay, maybe I didn't kick it, but I barge through the front door. And I was like, they paved the road. I was so excited. But then I quickly noticed something. I noticed that every time I walked, you heard. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And I learned something very important about pavement that day. I learned that pavement has to dry. <laughs> you see, the pavement on our road was still wet. And so when I ran to my neighbor's house, I was walking into her house with wet tar on my feet and I was squeaking everywhere that I went. And to make matters worse, when I barged through her front door, who was standing there but none other than her older brother and his best friend laughing hysterically at me. I kid you not, they called me sticky feet for months. I'm like, bullies are so clever with the names, right? Sticky feet. But it scarred me for life. To this day, if I see wet pavement, I'm having nightmares. <laughs> but I learned something very important about pavement that day. I learned that when you, in order to build a new road, you have to first rip up the old road. You see, they didn't just lay the pavement on top of the gravel. They had to remove the gravel first, lay a new foundation, and then they were able to build a new road. Maybe you've driven on I-10 any time in the last 25 years, and you've noticed that they've been under construction for a long time. But they didn't just lay the new roads down. They had to first rip up the old roads, and then they could lay the new roads. And I'm here today on this submerged Sunday celebrating people that God has done a new thing in their lives, that God has changed them. God has made them different. And I want you to know that God desires to do a new thing in you. But first, he's got to rip the old thing out of you. He wants to do a new thing in you, but he's got to rip that old road out of you. Come on, I feel like there's some people in this room who've been trying and trying for months to get your breakthrough. You've been trying to start something new. You've been trying to turn over a new leaf. You've been trying to start a new chapter, but you've been trying to build a new road when you haven't let God rip up the old road. And that's exactly what Paul is saying in the letter to the Colossians. He's saying you're on the right track. You want to know God. You want to be close to him. There's just a few things that God has to rip out of you in order for you to get that breakthrough. And I love the terminology that Paul uses in verse five. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. You see, with roads and construction, that ripping is done by the construction workers. The construction workers go in and they rip up that old road. But I believe what Paul is saying is that with God, we have a part to play in this process. You see, because with God, ripping is a team effort. Because in order for God to rip some things out of you, you've got to first be willing to say R.I.P. to those things on the inside of you. 
Come on, Pastor Jeff, I don't think they got that. I said, God wants to do a new thing in you. God wants to give you a hope and a future. He wants to bless you. But first, there's got to be a death that takes place. I've got to be willing to say, I'm dying to my selfishness. I'm dying to my pride. I'm dying in my sinful nature. And once I die, then God will be able to set a new thing for me. I was once dead, but now I'm alive. I was once blind, but now I see. Come on, give God five seconds of praise for the new life that he has for you. I feel God wanting to bring you truth today. It may not be the truth that you wanted to hear. It may not be the truth that gives us the warm and fuzzies on the inside, but friend, it's the truth that will set you free. So how do I do this? How do I say RIP to the old things in my life? And how do I rip up that old road? Well, I'm going to make it super practical. It's a three-step process. The first step is to reveal. Reveal. First, you got to say, what do I need to die to? What are those things that God needs to rip out of my life? Well, I believe Paul makes it very, very clear for us in verse five. He said, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. Skip over to verse eight. He continues, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. You're saying, Grant, what the heck? That's a lot to remember. What, what am I supposed to be? Some perfect person who, who, who has this religious mindset and never does anything wrong? That sounds horrible. Well, let me make it even more simple. Because in verse two, Paul simplifies it for us when he says, set your minds on things that are above not on the things that are on the earth. You see, when you develop a heavenly mindset, the things of this earth will lose its appeal. I said, when you develop a heavenly mindset, the things of this earth will lose its appeal. You'll start to love people. You'll start to develop a heart for people. You'll have more compassion, more kindness. So what you'll find in your walk with God is that the reveal part is actually pretty easy. Because darkness cannot exist where there is light. So when you've got God on the inside of you, when you have the light of the world living on the inside of you, the darkness has to go. It has no place in you. Maybe there's some Christians in this room who can testify to this truth that you were doing just fine and dandy living your life. But the second that you said yes to God, he started to reveal some things on the inside of you that you didn't even know were there. You're like, whoa, God, I just wanted a nice life. You didn't have to go that far. So the first step is you got to remove, I mean, reveal. The second step is that you got to remove. You got to remove. And this is the part that nobody wants to do, right? This is the hard part. Why? Because dying is painful. No one wants to die. Paul says to put earthly things to death. And this is not a fun process. It may be painful. It may make you unpopular. You may lose friends. You may have to stop doing things that you think are fun, but are actually destroying you. But the removal process is essential to the rebuilding process. You can't rebuild unless you first remove. And I believe God wants to rebuild some things inside of your life today. So what happens when you try to build a new road on top of an old road? Well, what will happen is that new road is eventually going to begin to crack. Everybody say crack. It's going to begin to crack. You see, if we don't remove the old road on the inside, we will begin to crack on the outside. 
How many of you have been trying to do a new thing? You're implementing change into your life. You have a new diet. You have a new boyfriend. You have a new job, a new morning routine, and you're, and you're doing so well. But eventually, a few weeks go by, and the cracks begin to come. And you start to go back to the unhealthy eating and and the relationship falls apart and the the job starts to get a little bit too difficult. And eventually you are bursting at the seams asking, how in the world did I get here? And it's because you revealed and you removed, but you didn't let God completely remove those things from your life. You didn't remove the old road. You didn't deal with the root of the issue. You thought the road needed a facelift but really it needed reconstructive surgery. You thought you needed a new relationship, but really you needed to find your identity in God and not other people. You thought you needed a new diet, but really you needed to stop finding comfort in food. You thought you needed a new job, but really you needed to find purpose. And so you end up right back where you started time and time again, because you just didn't remove. You may be asking, How do I remove? Well, I believe that first, you've got to give that thing to God. You've got to be willing to be honest with God and admit your struggles to him and say, God, I see what you've revealed in me and now I want to remove it. But then secondly, you've got to give it to someone. See, not everybody needs to know your struggles, but someone does. See, if we're just floating through this life alone, internalizing all these struggles on the inside of us, friends, we're in a lot of trouble. And maybe you're here and you don't have that that best friend or or that trusted confidant that you can share these things that you know you need to remove. Well, call Crossroads. Join a small group. We have free counseling for you. There are ways that we can release some of these things that we're struggling with that we know God wants to remove. And I believe that when you release them, that God is going to help you remove them from your life. See, but that's not it. Because the true key to removing something from your life is to replace it with something. And that's the third step in this process. You've got to reveal, you've got to remove, but then you've got to replace. You see, the whole purpose of revealing and removing is so that God can replace. If you're just revealing and removing, but you don't replace, you're just left with a dirt road. Imagine if they would have just taken that gravel away, but they wouldn't have laid that new pavement on our road. We would have been left with a dirt road and we would have been worse off than before. And for some of you in this room, you know what you have to die to. In fact, you've even ripped some things out of your life, but you never replaced it with more time with God. You never replaced it with spending time in your word. You never replaced it with joining a serve team or or joining a small group. And so you're left with this empty dirt road in your heart. And you're wondering why you're lonely, why you're depressed, why you keep falling back into your old ways. It's because you revealed and you removed, but you didn't let God replace. So what does God want to put in its place? Well, if we continue reading further in Colossians, Paul continues in verse 12. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these put on replace with love 
which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You see, this is the life that God wants for you. Our God is a loving God. And the only time that he asks us to remove something is when it's keeping us from something better. So I believe that God has a new road that he wants to place in your life today. So a few years ago, I went through one of the toughest seasons in my life. I was struggling with anxiety. I was struggling with loneliness. I was battling an addiction to pornography. And to top all of that off, I was caught up in this relationship that I just, I knew wasn't right for me, but I just couldn't find a way to, to move on and, and to, to get over this. And it was a tough, tough year in my life. I wonder if anybody's ever gone through a season like that. And honestly, that year, I, I kind of gave up on God. I wasn't hearing from him. I wasn't feeling his presence. I was still working at the church. I was still serving. I was still leading Crossroads Young Adults. But on the inside, I was empty. I was empty. Well, around that time, Pastor, uh, around that time, God brought Pastor Matt Ackman into my life. And we started to become really good friends. And I remember I would drive him home a lot. And, and one night I was driving him home and I was just kind of venting in the car. And I was just saying, man, something has got to change. Something's got to change. I wonder if there's some people in this room who can relate to that. Yes. Something's got to change, man. I can't keep living this way. And I remember in that moment, Matt looked at me and he said, let's do a fast. And for the next two weeks, we met every morning in the student auditorium before work and we fasted and we worshiped and we prayed before God because something has got to change. And I remember one of those mornings sitting on the ground with my, my head in my, my arms, crying uncontrollable tears, yelling to God, what's wrong with me? Why can't I hear you? Why can't I feel your presence? Why can't I move on from this stupid relationship? I know that it's not for me. Why, what's wrong with me? Why can't I move on? And I'll never forget in that moment, God spoke to me in my authentic brokenness. He spoke to me for the first time in a year. And he said, son, you can't move on because you find your validation in relationships. You find your identity, not in me, but in the pursuit of relationships. And so all the while, I'm trying to rip up this old road, but I'm finding my identity in that very road. And so if I ripped it up, who would I even be? And from that moment forward, I got up off the ground. I left that old relationship behind me and I said, enough is enough. I am moving forward. I am pursuing God with everything. I know that life with God is better than life without him. And I will stop at nothing to pursue him and to pursue that new road. And I ripped up that old road on the inside of me. And here's the best part. One month later, Matt invited me to a birthday party. And it was at that very party that I met the woman who would eventually become my wife. No, no, no. I don't think you got it, friend. I don't think you got it. I said, God had a new thing planned for me. God had a new thing that he wanted in my life. But it wasn't until I said, I am dying to myself that I moved forward and God gave me the biggest blessing of my entire life. It wasn't until I finally died to that anxiety that God gave me peace. 
I died to that pornography and God gave me integrity. I died to those identity issues and God gave me identity in him. And I believe that there are some people in this room today that you need to say enough is enough. I am moving forward in my relationship with God. I am ripping up that old road and I am letting God lay a new road in me. Something's got to change, friend. Something's got to change. 